Awesome. I was just thinking while we were singing that uh, it's a lot of different languages we know. And there's a lot of different ways that we can be wired to receive messages. And so, you know, some of us just like to listen to a podcast. Um, some of us um, want to engage, be with someone in front of us and have a conversation. Um, but there's different languages, and sung worship is an entirely different language. And some of what's sung may trigger you because it's attached to something in the past, um, which that's okay. Um, it will or it can unattach at some point, and you don't have to engage if you don't want to. Others might just not understand the language at all, and others might just be like, oh, could this just be the whole thing? I just love this language. What's interesting, too, is that you can learn a language and forget a language and then have it returned to you. So as a child, I grew up speaking German. Um, it was Mennonite German, so I don't know if it really qualifies, but anyways. Um, I went to... I went to German school on Saturdays, like I, I could write it, I could read it, I could speak it. Um, fast forward 40 plus years, and I find myself in Germany, and I'm surprised to hear a language I understand. And I'm like, wow. So I try out a few sentences. And people didn't just laugh at me. They were like, oh, you know German. I'm like, well, that's probably an overstatement. But um, I was surprised how it was redeemed and brought back up. So if you've been outside of the church setting for a while, can I just encourage you, try out some of the different languages. Find out maybe what can be redeemed or find something new that you could try out and just be open to what, uh, what you might discover and hear in the process. This morning, I get to introduce our speaker, um, Philip Jantz. And Philip is the kind of person who you usually will feel a lot better about yourself after you spent a bit of time with him because he is so encouraging. He's thoughtful, he's kind, he's engaging, and he's gifted up the wazoo. So <clears throat> it's our real privilege this morning to get to hear him and have him share with us. So Philip, come on up, and I'll just pray for you. Not that you need it, but... Lord, you've gifted us with Philip in our community, and uh, we're grateful, and we ask now that you would fill him, and all the things he has to say, give us ears to hear. Amen. Guten Morgen. Ich spreche auch Deutsch, which means I also speak German. Casey, is it okay if I... Okay. Well, Eden 
mentioned something about uh, encouraging uh, people. Yeah, I think uh, that kind of has been, in many ways, just what makes me tick. I just see beauty uh, in so many things. I've also heard messages and ideas that seem to contradict that beauty that I see. So funny when uh, Eden said he encourages uh, people. Uh, I was already thinking <clears throat> about this thing I wanted to say, which would probably be an encouragement. So <clears throat> that's a decent kind of ramp. <clears throat> so Emmanuel, God, already with us. That's profound. Um, this God, the mystery of this, our incarnational process, this man, Jesus, comes and says, repent or change the way you think, metanoia, because the kingdom of God is already here. And on that day, you will realize, he says to the disciples at one point, on that day, you will realize that I am the Father, the Father is in me, I am in you, you are in me. It's like this, this reality check. It's like this, it's like uh, as Paul, the apostle, m said when he was in front of the, uh, they were trying him, and he, you know, I think maybe in front of King Agrippa, I'm not quite sure, but it was just, his testimony was, well, you know, I was, I was mad, I was on my way to killing Christians, and then it's, it's like scales just fell off of my eyes, and I could see what was true. And uh, so this is, uh, speaking of encouragement, here's a, a quote from C.S. Lewis. It is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses, to remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you talk to may one day be a creature which if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship. Next to the blessed sacrament itself, your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses. God with us. And in the Greek, um, <clears throat> the word with actually can also be, uh, you, you can also use the word in quite easily. It's the, the Greek word en, E-N. So, yeah, it's this, this great mystery of fully human, uh, fully divine. And that is what, I guess, Jesus, you know, speaking of the blood going to the cross, having made peace with um, the mess, the, the whole mess, it's, it's finished, you know, it is finished. Um, so this great, this great exchange, Father, release them, or forgive them, release them is what it really means, release them because they don't really know what they're doing. That to me is just the power of 
understanding and seeing the beauty in human life, but also recognizing that we're, we're confused <laughs> sometimes. So, and I'm certainly one of those people too. I'm going to speak a little bit about blessed are the peacemakers. Am I standing? Is that okay? Am I okay? Good. Um, also, making peace, uh, I would say needs to start with ourselves, at least for me. It's like, if I can't make peace with myself, how am I going to make peace with anyone else? Um, my imperfections, maybe, maybe I don't always, maybe I don't like the way I look certain things, you know, like it's, whatever all these funky kind of perceptions we have of ourselves. I think that's, uh, as one person said here, uh, his name is Alan de Botton, no animal perhaps can hate itself except, of course, a human being. And we often lack self-compassion, excuse me, uh, a human being. It's one of the strangest and most regrettable flaws <laughs> in our condition. This tendency to self-hatred is not only destructive, it constantly undermines our efforts to establish workable relationships. Um, we need a legacy of feeling very deserving of love in order not to respond erratically to the affections granted to us. So I guess um, it really does come down to <clears throat> how we see ourselves. If we can see ourselves through the light of <clears throat> uh, wholeness, uh, that we are worthy of love, that we are worthy to give and receive, then it has this trickle effect on how then we can do life. Uh, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Patterns, I mean, uh, you know, to me, a pattern of uh, toxic toxicity in our how we see each other. To me, to me, that's a a very common human pattern. Uh, let's not conform any longer to that pattern. Be transformed by, by renewing the way we th think about ourselves and others. So, um, yeah, Brenda and I. Uh, we got married in March, March 2, 1996, and uh, I, got, I got it right. Uh, for the moment, there was a, okay, I got the month, what's the day? Um, and uh, our, we actually had uh, a couple that was part of our uh, ceremony um, who had been, he, was, he and his wife, they were pastors at what was called Broadway Tabernacle, became Broadway Church one of the big uh, churches in Vancouver. <clears throat> and, uh, but uh, he uh, hadn't seen or heard of him for many, many, many years. Uh, and then, make the story short, this would have been probably, I'm going to say eight years ago now, where he, he had put something out on Facebook. He needed, he wanted actually to get rid of a table. And we needed a table. And I'm like, I know this person like really well and I haven't so I, I, I went to go get this table and next thing I know he, he's 
he's coming back to Mission from Vancouver to stay with us for the night, which turned into two nights, which turned into a week, which turned into a month, which turned into, I don't know, three months or four months. Um, but I wanted to just say that um, our friend, you know, he, yeah, he'd become quite angry, quite disillusioned, uh, had his failed marriage, and just uh, peacemaking was not something that he was absolutely able to really engage in. He was, yeah, just a lot of, <laughs> when I, it was such a, difference from the 18 years previous to when he was chatting. He was just very, very upset about a lot of people, a lot of situations. Definitely, I mean, you know, his whole idea of Christianity, and understandably, was just, you know, he's pretty upset about that as well. And so, you know, I wasn't like, well, you're wrong. I, I, could, I could understand a lot of what he was saying and uh, could... Uh, but here's the deal. He stayed with us. And uh, Brenda and I were just not the people who were like, okay, well, if you're going to stay with us, then you're going to have to do this and you can't do that, and blah, blah, blah. No, it was just, you are welcome here. We're, this is a safe place. He had, he had nowhere to go. And I think it was a couple months in, <clears throat> because we, it was during that time where Brenda and I were kind of doing a home church thing, so we had people coming and we would just share good news. That's kind of all we did, really. And, uh, and one day he came to me in tears and he says, Philip, thank you for putting me back into my body. Thank you for putting me back into my skin. And what was interesting is he, he all on his own, he was making amends. He was, so we never talked about, you know, you should probably do this. If you're going to do this and this, then, you know, things will go better for you. This, here's what we see. But it was more like he was just living with us and, and, and being immersed in an entirely non-judgmental and entirely accepting who he was as a human being, regardless of all the behavior and stuff that was. And that that environment that he found himself in, this, this thing, of, what we were seeing is he was making peace with himself because he could now, you know when someone is like in a corner and they're in fight or flight and everybody's going like this, like how, how can you possibly think straight? How can you even see anything in, in a correct manner? Well, he was so absolutely, he just felt loved all the time. And he was like, and, and in that space of, he's not in fight or flight, there was not a re kind of religious, weird undertones that we were kind of sending him. It allowed him to be himself for the first time in many, many years. And, and, and one day he's like, I'm going to go to my ex-wife. I need to apologize to her. I mean, if you'd have heard the vitriol that came out of, the, of his mouth about what he felt about his wife... And only a matter of six weeks of being with us, just hanging out. He is going, regardless of what she had done, he traveled all the way to North Vancouver to, to start the process of peacemaking. But he had to start with himself. Um, but how can you make peace with yourself when you hate yourself, right? So, and he shall be called Emmanuel. God with us. That's very hopeful.
isn't it? Um, so that's one small component that I wanted to chat about, making peace with ourselves. Um, I want to... Uh, Hebrews 12, 14 to 15. There it is. Pursue peace with everyone, including yourself. That's the... Uh, the J.B. Phillips, the J.B. Phillips Jans version, <clears throat> as well as holiness, without which no one will see God. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no root of bitterness springs up to cause trouble and defile many. So, pursue peace. And uh, moving on to another passage, Matthew five. 38. You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but I say do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you're sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Why, you know, if you live in the context of when this was written, some of this would make more sense, but it's kind of like odd. If a soldier comes along and asks you for a mile, go two. And then uh, I learned about the history of that a little bit was back in the day, you were actually required as a citizen, if a soldier needed help, uh, a, uh, a, just a, a civilian was required actually to actually carry and help for one mile. Funny that. Uh, but they weren't required beyond that. So they're saying, well, surprise, surprise the soldier, go an extra mile. Um, so it's, it's, it's metaphorical for something they would have understood. You've heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Excuse me, say that again. You heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say love your enemies. Wow, like this is controversial, just downright almost heretical. Like here Jesus is quoting from more ancient texts and saying this is what was said, but what we're, what we're really meaning is this. This is like the trajectory. So it started here, just don't, don't kill each other. Here are the laws. We're going to put you in a very confined space, and this is how it is, and then suddenly it's like we're moving forward just a little bit. And Jesus is like, okay, you've heard that said, but really what we mean is this. So it, it, you can imagine just this, a uh, lot of people feeling a little uncomfortable and a lot of other people feeling really excited uh, about the possibility that God is not as angry as we thought. Um, let's play, I wanted to play a video um, one of my favorite uh, videos, this is uh, just a little bit of food for thought, something about making peace with those who've offended us, like my friend who came to us, first making peace with himself, now making peace with those who've offended us. Jesus is saying, you've been offended, you've offended, how do you respond? How do we bridge that gap? So let's roll that video. We need more men. Did you talk to Brenda about it? Yes, yesterday. 
Ah, that must be Jesse with the schedule. Come in, beautiful. What's this? Mr. Jason Chabalala. That's me. Am I under arrest? Captain Fader and team reporting for duty, sir. What duty? With a presidential bodyguard. We've been assigned to this office. Here are our orders. The special branch, right? You'll see that they've been signed. Well, I don't care if they are signed. Just wait here. Sorry to disturb you, sir. You look agitated, Jason. Well, that's because there are four special branch cops in my office. Oh, what did you do? Nothing. Well, they say they are the presidential bodyguards and they have orders signed by you. Ah, yes, ah, yes. Well, uh, these men are special trained by SAS. They have lots of experience. They protected the clerk. Yes, sir, but it doesn't mean that they have to come. You asked for more men, didn't you? Yes, sir. I asked... Uh, when people see me in public, they see my bodyguards. You represent me directly. The Rainbow Nation starts here. Reconciliation starts here. Reconciliation, sir. Yes, reconciliation, Jason. Comrade President, not long ago, these guys tried to kill us. Maybe even these four guys in my office tried and often succeeded. Yes, I know. Forgiveness starts here, too. Forgiveness liberates the soul. It removes fear. That is why it is such a powerful weapon. Please, Jason. Try. Sorry to disturb you, sir. Has anybody seen this movie? If you haven't, this is the story of uh, Nelson Mandela. Does anybody remember the song? Free Nelson Mandela. Anybody remember that? That was a big Live Aid type of thing to uh, uh, advocate for his release. But uh, he spent 27 years, I think, uh, in uh, a prison, we'll call it. And... Uh, he comes out and uh, <clears throat> several years later ends up uh, becoming the president of South Africa. And of course, my goodness, like you just think, wasted years, right? Like, can you imagine 27 years, wasted years? I lost my marriage. I've lost everything that I've known. Or or at least that's how we perceive it. And, but it just seems like, in some ways, nothing is really wasted. Um, do we learn best by getting it right, or do we learn oftentimes by getting it wrong? Um, well, Nelson Mandela learned a thing or two about loving your enemies. Um, and if I would encourage if you ever want to see a film about uh, just 
how his process of helping to bring a country together that could have it, have, it could have easily become a civil war. It's a movie called Invictus, um, so it's a it's a beautiful movie. <clears throat> um, so speaking of uh, perfection, imperfection, uh, I was uh, I read this recently. If there is such a thing as human perfection, it seems to emerge precisely from how we handle the imperfection that is everywhere, especially in ourselves. What a clever place for God, what a clever place for God to hide holiness. Let me, let me say that again. It seems to emerge precisely from how we handle this imperfection that is everywhere, especially in ourselves, what a clever place for God to hide holiness. So that only the humble, little, and earnest will find it. A perfect person ends up being one who can consciously forgive and include imperfection. So, you know, Nelson Mandela understood also his imperfections, his uh, humanness and if there was ever going to be a way to a way forward for true peace, there had to be a way, a third way, as, as Richard Rohr might say, uh, not just either or, but a third way. So, um, has anybody heard of the Christmas truce of 1914? Um, interesting, uh, th that was during the time of trench warfare and uh, on, I guess it would have been the 20, perhaps the 25th of December, long story short, the, the, the opposing army, uh, there were probably in some places about th only 30 yards uh, in distance, uh, so 30 meters, sorry. Um, they, they started to sing uh, carols together and eventually they came out of their trenches and shared stories, pictures. Uh, something like this has never happened again, but the thing that's fascinating about this is just to remove, remove your war is all about, the war propaganda is all about dehumanizing. And if we can somehow dehumanize through some sort of propaganda, then there's a way to, uh, for us to, to commit insane uh, violence, but if we can humanize people, then it changes everything. And this is exactly what happened at Christmas truce. Suddenly, you've got these 19, literally 18, 19, 20 year olds, that's how young they are, or maybe some of them maybe slightly older. Uh, they, we all have chil you know, friends, uncles, children, and uh, suddenly it's your enemy is you. You, the enemy is you, the enemy, there's no. There's no divide, there's no, there's no difference, so. Um, so if we know that we carry the divine, because that's literally what animates us. Um, you know, I think uh, when I've looked at some of the, the movements out there that have really grasped this quite well, I would say the Franciscans have done that quite well. Also interesting, the Quakers have as well. Uh, I mean, I know that when they preached, this was the, 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 the if you were doing this, then you, then you were quaking and God was with you. So whatever, but 
But their, their thing, though, is, uh, was this deep, and I forget his name right now. I used to know his name, but the, the founder, which sounds silly. Um, but they were just absolutely convinced that the absolute beauty image of God, the, 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 the goodness of God already embodies and animates every human life. And so, I mean, well, how did that affect uh, the, the, the Quakers? Well, they got really, really involved in the prison systems, uh, especially in America. Uh, they were really, really instrumental in uh, championing this idea of restorative justice as opposed to retributive justice. But it was because they had this incredible sense of everyone already carries God inside of them. Our job is not to, to, to not, my, what I want to do is I want, I want them to see that. Um, so, so Francis of Assisi is alive during what was called the Crusades. And then, of course, the great enemy is the Sultan himself. And, uh, and there's just, you know, the Christians are going to war. It's a holy war and the Muslims and it's just a, a, a bloody mess. Uh, and it's a fascinating story. In, in 1219, uh, Francis of Assisi makes this trip to go visit the Sultan and had told his closest friends, probably don't expect me back, but here he is, full of the persuasion that the Sultan, too, is an image bearer, a light, and perhaps he is human as well. Um, Francis's humility and respect for the other, and thus for Islam, gained him what seems to have been an extended time, maybe as much as three weeks, with Al Kamil, who was the Sultan. The Sultan sent him away with protection and a gift, a horn that we use for the Muslim call to prayer, which suggests they had given and received mutual regard and respect. That horn can still be seen in Assisi, in Italy. So, you know, agents of true change, there's this being able to make peace with yourself, the imperfection, yet the perfection, and being able to then see that in everyone. Uh, Brenda and I have been going, going to the, we don't say prison, correctional facility, uh, for many years. Um, and our last visit there was, uh, I'm going to say, December of 2019. Shucks, and then it stopped uh, for several COVID years. And uh, actually, we're going to be going for the first time now again, finally, in like this Tuesday. So it's been almost a long time. Uh, a long time. But Brenda and I would just, you know, we just, we were going quite regularly. We've been going for a lot of years, 15 whatever years. But I remember there's this one particular gentleman, his name is uh, Faribos. He's from Iran. No, maybe Iraq. Uh, somewhere not here. Um, but Brenda and I just, our message was not super complex. And we just, we just spread this idea that good news is good news. And good news is you. It contains you, and every single person is part of this good news. I'm sorry. That's just how it's going to be when we're here. So we're going to sing about good news, 
And if you're not okay with it, well, it's fine. No, we didn't say that, but that's just kind of, and, and what's interesting is there, well, a lot of people were really affected by it, especially in, in the place that we were going, but there's one particular, he, he's literally grinning from ear to ear every time, and just sometimes he's crying, and he's just like taking this in, and I don't know, after several months, I remember Falibos saying, as we were then just having an open, very much just a conversational thing, he says, Philip, because he, he had offended uh, in such a way that uh, he had a, sent, a life sentence. And by the way, he's out now. Um, but he was in tears and smiling, but also just overcome. He says, Philip, if I had known who I was and who they were, I would have never done what I did, ever. And he was just, he was so overcome with this message. I would have, had I known, you know, so regret, uh, wasted years. I mean, you know, life is life. We, we are handed these strange and mysterious circumstances, but here's the deal. It's not, it's, it's the journey. It's who we're, we are becoming. And this man, I'm telling you, just, he was, I, I get from him every Christmas and Easter, I get a text from him, uh, just wishing me the very best, but just um, this message had such a profound impact on him and many others. Um, do I have a couple minutes? Where am I at? Here, let me have a look. I'm done probably, right? Yeah, we're done. <laughs> probably. Thank you, that's good. You're definitely done. Um, good. Well, then, I'll just say, uh, grab a couple of verses here. John 13, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, people will know that you are my disciples. If you love, if you have love for one another. Sheesh. That's it. Galatians 6, 9, speaking of Nelson Mandela or, or other, many others, Mother Teresa, all of us, we're, we're, we're doing our part. Let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. And finally, Philippians Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is admirable, whatever is lovely, if anything or anyone is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I'm going to end with a prayer because my time is up. God, Lord of creation, lover of life, and of everything. Please help us to love in our very small way what you love infinitely and everywhere. We thank you that we can offer just this one prayer and that will be more than enough because in reality, everything and everyone is connected and nothing stands alone. To pray for one part is really to pray for the whole, and so we do help us each day 
to stand for love, for healing, for the good, for the diverse unity of the body of Christ and all creation, because we know this is what you desire, as Jesus prayed, that all may be one. All right. Well, our next live service is all the way to October 23rd. Boo. I didn't say that. I, that's a long time. We still have our Zoom, except for Thanksgiving weekend. We have no church so that you can uh, be entirely focused on your turkey and your family. Um, but let me just uh, give you a, a blessing as you go, and if so, may the Prince of Peace bring peace to each of us, that we may first and foremost be at peace with who we are and with all who are around us. Go in peace.